Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster. My name is Gaius Bowling and as always, joined by the fellas. Joined by the co-host, Owen here guys, good to be back. What's up? Recovering from a long How you doing man? Oh, recovering from a long weekend. Yeah, did you uh, watch any movies this weekend? Uh, I did uh, like a little bit, but um, mostly it was just getting ready for a... St. Patrick's Day, which was, it falls on a Thursday mm-hmm. this week, but uh, here in the South Bay and maybe in most places, um, we prepare for it very early when it falls during the week. <laughs> mm-hmm. We do the weekend before. That we do. That we do. <laughs> uh, we're gluttons for punishment. I don't know. I like We were together for a lot of it, and we wore our green on Saturday, and where we're at in uh, Hermosa Beach, there's like a big, uh, there's a big parade supposed to be like for families and everyone brings their kids and stuff out but I, I feel like the kids are out way too long considering how rowdy it gets at the bars the debauchery that <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah but it's perfect because it like kind of inspires us for uh our today's episode which is uh going to be about drinking and partying in movies um you know so that that should be good and uh, we also have a special guest on Jenny will be on after we talk shop <laughs> yes, she will. She's back to talk St. Patty's Day, party movies, TV, and I'm um, just kind of going through and really just kind of talking about what our favorite ones are, uh, what we enjoy about them, if they continue to be successful or not. Um, there's a lot of them out there. So really, really looking forward to kind of hearing what you have to say about it and, and uh, also get her advice as well. Yeah, and I also asked a couple of people on our Instagram page to give us some of their favorites, and I think they're going to link up with a lot of the ones that we're uh, going to talk about today. So that should be cool too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but let's get talking shop out of the way. Cause we can hurry up and get Jenny on. Um, we have to talk about like uh, some of the new stuff because we talked about this in our Batman episode last week about how like mm-hmm. Warner brothers said they were going to be like a well-oiled machine now and quality over quantity. And like, it seemed like they were yep. going that direction. Like, uh, the Batman is very successful in weekend two. It did really well as well. Um, mm-hmm. But after that first big opening weekend news drops first, that they're delaying black Adam from July to October. And that was the first story mm-hmm. that leaked. And actually uh, Dwayne Johnson, he dropped that story himself. And then yeah. maybe tw- he wanted to get ahead of it. I think. I think so. And then maybe 20, 30 minutes after that, it was like, oh, also the Flash is pushed to 2023. Aquaman 2 is pushed to 2023. I guess the only good news is that they pulled Shazam, that sequel from 2023, and they're going to release it in December of this year, but it's going to come out the same weekend as Avatar 2. So I don't know how smart cool. I don't know how smart some of those choices are. Um, it just seems like a weird thing to do when you have all this momentum for a successful movie to really delay these projects like this, especially if they've been delayed already because of the pandemic and all that. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem like a wise choice, but I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. I, I think that um, it just shows how DC just doesn't really know what they're doing. I feel like, um, and it's, I, but I think it's mostly to do with the studios in general. Um, I think that they've kind of gotten the short end of the stick, but um, like you were saying with them dropping the news that they want to be, quality over quantity like possibly pushing it back would be good to focus on the quality but it just seems like they're already running into a whole lot of issues 
with everything that's going on. And I think it's smart for Dwayne Johnson, Johnson to get ahead of it and um, say stuff like, and just basically say, Hey, this is my take on it. Here's the reason why, so that there's no controversy that can kind of be started. So I think that's good, but so far I'm not very impressed with the way that they're handling it, especially after such a big success with the Batman. So it yeah. just kind of sucks to see because that was so good. And, I, and what we had said as well, that, the trailer for the DC universe was so awesome and I got really excited for everything. And now it's just kind of like, well, you're going to have to wait longer. Yeah. So it just kind of seems like Morbius all over again. Yeah. It almost makes that trailer seem kind of pointless. Cause like that was the big thing was that these were all coming. Most of them were coming this year with the exception of Shazam and like black Adam is still coming. I guess like Dwayne Johnson's in like the best position because at least it's still coming out this year. I mean, it was supposed to come out in the summer. Now it's going to come out in October. And I'm guessing maybe, yeah. maybe they pushed the flashback because it would have Black Adam would have come out within like maybe two or three weeks of the Flash, and I guess they don't want to like mm-hmm. compete with themselves. Um, but I don't know. It just like it's all they've already suffered so many delays. It just seems like a weird move, and they didn't really give a reason why they were doing it. I think mean, they tried to inter- no. internally try to say it was because of COVID, but like cases are subsiding and. Uh, that that <laughs> excuse is starting to sound pretty weak. Yeah, it's not it's not good to fall back on that when it's like, yeah, if things are getting a lot better in most places, so it can't be that. Like, it almost- and it also is such an early time to say that they're pushing it another year. Like, if they had dropped this news in July or something in like the summer, yeah, when we only have half of the year left, it's like okay, I can kind of see that, but dropping it with in the third month of 2022, it's like all right, well now. What's the point of teasing all of these things if we're going to have to wait basically a full year again for all this kind of stuff? So right. it just seems like a weird time to to drop that. Maybe they're trying to get ahead of it. They're like, we really are not prepared for all of this. Yeah. But it just kind of seems like a weird time to say all of that. And Shazam 2 is in a weird spot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that – I don't know how many people are anticipating Avatar 2. I mean, this was the first one was Once Upon a Time, like – the biggest movie domestically at the box office. It is uh, the biggest movie in the world box office wise, but it's been so long since that first one came out. So I don't know how much people are clamoring for the sequel, but it also seems like a weird move to like release a movie like Shazam against that. Like it's like a, it's a risky move to very risky drop. (laughs) Like on the same, like, it's extremely risky. Regardless of if people are going to be excited for it or not, it's going to make a lot of money, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to go see it yeah. for sure. I, I know James Cameron's probably got something up his sleeve that's new and we haven't seen before. Um, I mean, yeah. regardless of whether or not you like his movies or not, I, he is kind of a pioneer. So to see something that – I mean, I didn't – when he said he was going to make this one, there – was certain technology that he still was like, Hey, we still, I have ideas of what we want to do, but I don't think we can do it yet. Yeah. So. That's why there was such a long wait. Like that's why he kind of was like waiting for technology to catch up. to what he wanted to do. Um, and, you know, depending on what you, how you feel about him, like I love his previous movies. I mean, I guess it's cool that mm-hmm. he, I, I mean, as an artist, I guess it's cool that he kind of wants to put all his eggs in this basket. Cause he thinks like visually he has a real story to tell and that, narratively he has a story he still wants to tell but i just miss like his other stuff and like now he's going to be making avatar movies for the foreseeable future like i don't think he has he has nothing yeah, else up except for sequels those are his babies yeah uh, those are his babies but yeah i mean did you ever watch the show um future man i did yeah 
So remember how they uh, have the whole James Cameron scene yep. where it's like um, at his house and it's just that is such the embodiment yeah, of James right, Cameron nice where it's time. like he wrote the Navi language and like all these things are just basically his um, his baby. And it, it, it was like I kind of knew that already, but yeah. seeing it in a TV show was actually really funny. And like so he's, if you guys if anyone out there hasn't seen Future Man, I definitely recommend it. It's a good one. Yeah. And he's meticulous about his stuff. I mean, I got to interview him uh late uh I think November last year. He's like promoting like a book about like his not just his movies, but like all the artwork that he does by hand for his movies and even projects that we haven't seen yet are just stuff that he worked on when he was like younger as a younger filmmaker. And he is meticulous about what he wants, but he's also like a purely like a lover of cinema. And you can tell that he loves every aspect yeah. of it. So no matter, so no matter how we feel about like, uh, like avatar is like, it's this and Titanic is that, mm-hmm. you know, he's still like, he's a, he's a filmmaking genius. I would give him all the credit for that. And like, so I, yeah, he hasn't made a movie since the first avatar, has he? No, he's been working on these sequels. I mean, that's like his, yeah, been his life. And like, that's why I think it's silly to have Shazam there because I think there is some kind of like anticipation from just maybe just fans of James Cameron, not necessarily maybe fans of avatar, but maybe just fans of James Cameron's work that they want to see what avatar two has to offer. And then to release Shazam against it seems silly. I mean, I don't know if their audience really crosses over, but it is, two big releases on the same weekend. Well, also too, Shazam, the original um, one didn't really do super well at the box office when it came out. It had sort of more of like a cult following, I would say like people kind of flocked to it after, like once it got onto streaming services, it wasn't really like a huge theatrical release. At least that's um, what I remember about it. So I think, I mean, maybe they're just releasing Shazam too, because there's just for like the small, um, amount of people that actually want to go see yeah. it. It's, it doesn't really seem like they're trying to. I mean, to even just put it against Avatar, they're just kind of like, all right, well, here's it for the <laughs> here it is for the fans. We don't really care if it uh, makes happens. money or not. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Shazam, Shazam, like it made money, but it didn't make like you know Superman, Batman, DC money. Because I, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. he, I guess he, like you know, in the scheme of things, he's a lesser known hero to like normal regular you know movie going the movie going public yeah. so like yeah it wasn't like a huge hit in like the superman batman kind of i guess the, the one thing that could make it stand out is that they seem to be going bigger with it they've expanded the cast like they improved the costumes a lot as well mm-hmm. um i know i just probably felt- <laughs> did a little bit better on their cgi editing yeah like uh i thought it was decent in the first one but hopefully they spent a little bit more money to make things a little bit better yeah um but yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I yeah, I think the I think we kind of talked about it in the Batman, but the one I was looking forward to was the Flash, and like to kind of wait for it until, God, I think they said June. It's it's June twenty twenty three, I believe, and Aquaman's in, Gosh, and then Aqua, and, yeah, and then Aquaman's in March, which I don't really. Yeah, that's whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I could care less about that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, not excited for that one. But yeah, to like kind of have to, you know, it seemed like they kind of had their stuff together, and like, you know. Uh, Marvel fans too think they're just kind of running away from the Marvel movies that are coming out this year. They're like, oh, they don't want to compete with like they don't want to release it at the same time. Yeah, they don't want to compete with Thor, uh, the next Thor, like Love and Thunder. They don't want to compete with like the Black Panther sequel. Like they they think they're running well, away. They're from gonna that. have to get used to it. 
They're going to have to get used to it, though, because Marvel's going to be releasing like five movies a year right. for the next foreseeable future. <laughs> so it's like they're going to have to get used to releasing it at the same time yeah. and then have fans decide which ones they want to go see. Right. And by the way, I'm not saying that's what they're doing. This is all fan speculation. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying Warner yeah, Brothers. It's, it's all, I'm not saying they're running scared. It's all theoretical. But, you know, of course, you go yeah. on like social media and like every Marvel fan is like, oh, they're just running away, man, because they're afraid of like failing against these Marvel movies. And, you know, that maybe that which they probably. Right, and you have to you have to Probably you have to remember too, like a lot of these new schedules kind of got created when like movies got pushed back because of COVID. So they got they landed mm-hmm. on all these release dates, and then now studios have to like go back and look and be like, oh wait, did when are we releasing this? And like within how many weeks of yeah. another movie? Like, I mean, they have to. I guess they have to rethink it, but you know, it just it just adds another like blemish on the whole fact that like Warner Brothers in DC doesn't always have it together when it comes to releasing their movies. It's not a well-oiled machine. Well, yeah, just like, no, it's definitely not. It's like, I think Marvel, since they have their own, like, I mean, I guess you could say DC studios, but it's all done through Warner brothers. And so it's like, there's kind of a conflict of interest it seems. Yeah. And Marvel just, they're basically vertically integrated. Like they do everything themselves. And so they're always on the same page with what's going to happen. And it just doesn't, it just feels like there's too much red tape for DC to come out something smooth. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny too, because like when we had Jack on, he talked about all the kind of the ins and outs of all this. And he kind of was right about like, yeah, he's, he doesn't, he, re- it. he did, really doesn't want to, he doesn't want to stick by anything they do until like that discovery, like Warner merger is completely uh, mm-hmm. d- done and settled because like all these people that are at the top there won't kind of be in charge anymore. And there'll be kind of like new eyes on, a lot of these projects and like i think that's what these projects do need they need more people who actually know what they're doing kind of steering the ship because yeah. i honestly don't think it's like the film it's agree. not the filmmaker's fault it's like the it's the studio thinking that they know everything studio and yeah and the, and they're the king of studio interference so it's pointing that out that they are that they are um and then kind of piggybacking off the comic book news only because there has been news about this in a while uh deadpool 3 finally has a director and it is sean levy nice. sean levy uh He's a controversial choice because, on the one hand, he's a great choice for Ryan Reynolds because they've directed, they've uh, kind of formed a really good second hand. They he did Free Guy and the Adam Project, uh, and they did that nice. t- and they did that together. And Ryan Reynolds has talked about how like they've connected on a really good, you know, personal and professional level. Uh, but Sean Levy's directing uh, his filmography is kind of all over the place. Like you'll find things like cheaper by the dozen <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's sequel <laughs> or like jack of all trades or like bringing down the house <laughs> or <laughs> it's a very interesting mix that doesn't really give you the indication that he could like be the guy for deadpool 3 but mm-hmm. ryan reynolds also has a lot of faith in them because they've, they've worked on these last two projects together and um yeah but he's yeah. gonna give ryan a lot of creative control yeah and i think that's kind of what maybe Ryan Reynolds kind of wants. Cause I know the yeah. the director of the first movie, Tim Miller, when he was supposed to come on and do the second, the main issue was there was a conflict of interest between him and Ryan Reynolds. There were things that Ryan Reynolds wanted that Tim Miller didn't agree with. So that's why on the second, mm-hmm. the second one, uh, David Lech came on and, you know, he kind of worked on like the John Wick movies and like kind of understood the kind of like R rated style that they were going for. And I think he kind of like, totally. and he kind of like, you know, stood in this place and was like, I'm here as a director. You're the guy who kind of is running the ship 
Ryan Reynolds, even though I'm the director. The but second one was really good. I thought so too. Um, yeah, you know, I just I think I think the inconsistency with Sean Levy as a filmmaker is what worries some people because he's just not. There's nothing really that indicates that he can take on like a Marvel project. But I guess this is not going to mm-hmm. be like a typical Marvel project either. Even though he's in the MCU now, it might kind of play differently. Deadpool's kind of had its own thing recently. Like it just it it is Marvel, but since it's R rated and it's basically just Ryan Reynolds running wild, I don't I, I have a hard time kind of putting it in the same thing as like oh as Captain America. Like it's right. not really it's just it's too meta to be yeah um to be really in the universe. It seems I agree. It's way too like about. I mean, they're gonna like Kevin Feige, uh, the Marvel head honcho. He he promised fans that they're going to keep it R-rated. They're not going to try to like Good. tone it down because it's a part of Disney now. Um, yep. And I think he knows if he doesn't keep that promise that, uh, you know, they'll throw stones. They'll be an outrage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so like, but you know, I mean, it's funny. You speak- oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say like, uh, speaking of um, the Adam project, um, I still haven't gotten a chance to watch it. I'm probably going to watch it this week. Um, it's really good. I thought what was interesting about it was, um, when it first dropped, um, it wasn't in the top 10 of Netflix, which is like, oh, really? I was expecting it to be number one. I, th- I think it is now, but I remember when I saw it on there and it just said new releases. It wasn't in the top 10. And what was in the top 10 was Shrek 1 and 2. Oh. And I thought that was actually like really, really <laughs> funny. I was like, they dropped these older movies um, and this uh, Adam project, which I mean, obviously looks like they spent a lot of money on it yeah. and did a lot of good things with it. I'm, I'm excited to see it, but... It was just that was just something that I saw that it wasn't in the top ten when it originally just like went to Netflix. Well, hopefully it did better over the week. I thought it was good. I saw- I, think it, I think it's better now. I think it's on there now. Yeah, I saw it two weeks ago and it was I thought it was really good. It's like it's a really it's like a solid throwback to like movies of like the eighties, like the, that kind of have like you know use your imagination, like kind of like an E. T. like Back to the yeah. Future, like that's the kind of vibe it's going for. And Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. even though he's doing his like typical shtick, he actually does like a lot of like stuff that he doesn't typically do either, like to kind of show that he has some range, which I thought was pretty. Yeah, because doesn't it, it's a little bit more heartwarming, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that kind of like it's a bit more heartwarming? Like he he he's not just like his shtick right. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like not, he definitely has some. He's not just some Deadpool. good thing it's where it's like yeah. Deadpool. What's up, Janae? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ready to uh, talk about yeah, we're, we're, my favorite holiday. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, we only have one more thing, and that's because uh, we've been talking about the Oscars. So the, the two last big award shows, other than the PGA Awards, were yet uh, over the weekend, and that was the Critics' Choice Awards and the BAFTA Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, and I finally did watch this. It was a struggle to watch it. Um, I'm not saying that it's not artistically good, but it's boring. Uh, I think the power of the dog is going to win everything. It won best picture at the and you, <laughs> yeah, I think it is. So wait, you finally watched it. I finally watched it, and it's 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 well acted, and it's boring, dude. It's really boring, and but it won uh best film at the BAFTA Awards, which is like the British Academy Awards. Uh, it won best picture at the Critics mm-hmm. Choice Awards this weekend. She won best director, Jane Campion, at both the BAFTAs and the Critics Choice Awards. She also won Best Adapted Screenplay at the Critics' Choice Awards. So, like, I'm not saying it's, like, a major, always a precursor to who's going to win the Oscars, but it seemed like that movie and that director are now the front runners 
to win those big awards. Seems like when it wins all those things, it's going to be hard for it not to win the Oscar. Right. And the outlier. It'll definitely be an upset if they don't win. Right. And the outlier will be Coda. I think Coda won uh, Best Adapted Screenplay at the BAFTA Awards. Um, and then that, uh, Troy Kotzer also won Best Supporting Actor, again, making him like one of the, if not the first one, the first deaf actors to win in that category. And then, like, wow. and then every other, every other category was like, how do you expect it? Will Smith won both Critics' Choice and BAFTA Awards. So he's for very Richard. close to uh, an Oscar win, I think. And then, uh, and I was trying to think else. Oh, I, I, Ariana DeBose from uh, West Side Story. She also won Best Supporting Actress. She's won everything so far. And then, uh, and then Jessica Chastain won Best Actress at the Critics' Choice Award after winning the SAG Award. So it looks like she might nice. be up there too. Um, I do like Jessica Chastain. I think she's a great actress. I think so too. I mean, I, I she's one of those people. Like, if she wins her Oscar for me, it'll be just like for her career. I because I didn't love the yeah. eyes of Tammy Faye. She's good in it, but the movie it's kind of uh, lacking. But she is good in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it looks like that's where it's going. Everything else. Uh, oh, Dune actually won the most BAFTA awards, but they were all technical. They were all like production design. Yeah. I can like see that sound, yeah, production design and visual effects, which I think he might sweep at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds about right to me. But yeah, um, the Oscars are March twenty seventh. The other, the big, the big award leading up to that is the PGA Award, which is like the Producers Guild Award, and what mm-hmm. and whatever wins that is usually the film that wins Best Picture. So if that's, so, if the power, yeah, if the Power of the Dog wins that and has a good shot of winning. Uh, best picture. Yeah, sounds about right. But it just it feels like not very many people like it, except critics. Are, are <laughs> a lot of people haven't even seen it. I've, I've I've tried to bring it up to some people, and they're like, I still haven't watched it, even though it's chilling right there on Netflix. <laughs> no one's choosing yeah. to watch it. Um, but kudos to Jane Campion. If she does win best director, she'll be only the third female to win, which is crazy. Yeah, which is I crazy. Hope. That just sounds wild. That stat just doesn't sound real. Yeah, but I guess it is. But yeah, um, that is all the news that's out of the way now. And uh, now uh, we're going to just get to the bulk of what this episode is about. Um, St. Patrick's Day is on Thursday, and this is when that episode, this episode will drop. And uh, we thought it'd just be fun to talk about some of our favorite party drinking, getting buck wild uh, <laughs> movies. <laughs> movies. <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about it too this weekend that there's not really a St. Patrick's Day forward movie. Um, you said there's a horror movie, yeah, Le- um, Leprechaun, yeah, with uh, Leprechaun, <laughs> yeah. but that does—that's not really the movies that we're going to be talking about yeah, today. You can't party, um, the, can't party but, the Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, I think the first one I'll bring up, man, is just Project X. Um, I remember when that movie came out when I was in high school, and still to this day, if I watch that movie, I feel like I'm like I need to go party, party. right now. Like it just puts such a like. I mean, obviously, it's a story that everything goes haywire, but it just yeah. makes me get super hyped and pumped. And the soundtrack is incredible. I think that for a party movie to be successful, you have to have a, the perfect soundtrack and um, product X just goes above and beyond with that one. Yeah. Um, I kind of think if you didn't know uh, that Kid Cudi remix of pursuit of happiness before that movie, you definitely knew it after you saw project X and Oh yeah. So that movie, that movie actually just turned 10 on March 2nd. I actually, I actually, wow. I actually thought I was younger when it came out, but it turns out I was twenty-seven when it came out ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when it came out ten years ago, um, but I had that same feeling after it let out. I saw it on opening night with a friend that I went to high school with, and like our first thought was like, "We need to throw a party, like, or let's go somewhere that's yeah. having a party." 
And uh, mm-hmm. what's funny is that I didn't even know this uh, at the time, but it is loosely based on the house party of Corey Worthington in, 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 in Australia. And uh, yeah, he like put his address on like MySpace and attracted uh, around 500 people and cost $20,000 in property damage. And I guess that's what they they based the movie on. I had no idea that was the case that there was actually a real yeah, it was definitely a real story. And you can watch the um, interview with uh, him and the reporter the on the real one online. Yeah, the dude is a total douchebag. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go against the grain here. I didn't really like Project X because I thought it reminded me too much of Superbad. I feel like it's the same plot. Those two I know that it's based on a real event, but like it's the whole like college part or high school party to get laid. And it just, I felt like I was watching like a budget version of Superbad. Yeah. So like yeah, you, uh, uh, I agree. need to throw a party to be cool. Yeah. Like, like to get into the good graces yeah. of one high school. It even goes down to the two leads. The two leads remind me of like, a poor man's like Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. <laughs> right. That's so funny that you say that. I actually had never seen it until like what, October? Yeah. We watched it together with a few of our friends, and I was just like, Yeah, I think Superbad is better. And it's the same to me, it's the same movie. It's not the same vibe. My favorite sure. part about it is that Miles Teller plays Miles Teller. That's what I say. So so fun fact about Miles Teller. Miles Teller was hanging out in Hermosa Beach around that time, uh, maybe a little bit before. He wasn't quite Miles Teller yet. So he used to actually mm-hmm. go to like, I'm going to name all these places that our listeners won't know, but we know. He used to go to like places like Patrick Malloy's and Sharky's and, mm. and hang out. And he was nice. Well, you it, could tell he wasn't from here. Yeah. That's where he decided to go. Oh, no. <laughs> so true. He, <laughs> he was like nice enough. Like, I, I, I don't want to call him a douchebag. Uh, he was Wait, nice, you like, met him, didn't you? We met, him, we met him a few times. He was always really kind of nice, but you can kind of see that there was like an air of like he could be a douche. Like if you gave him like a little bit of an inch, <laughs> like he might be kind of okay. douchey. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I'm better than you, but I'm not going to let you know, right. like kind of thing. And he was hanging out, I think, a, the opening weekend of that movie or a week after. And that's when people started to recognize who he was a little bit more. And then that's when he stopped going to Hermosa a lot. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just thought it was funny. You got and then he had like he had like the similar vibe that he has in the movie where he was just looking for like a party. Like he wanted to like party with people. Like he was with friends, but then he would also like talk to random people and try to like meet them and be like, hey, where you guys got going on? Like that kind of thing. Um Yeah. <laughs> Where's the party at? Yeah. So this was definitely like pre 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 uh him being very famous. Um Yeah. But uh, I also found out that they shot this movie uh, on a soundstage. They were gonna tr- they were gonna shoot it in a real neighborhood, but they were like, "No, we don't want to disrupt the neighbors." But the p- <laughs> <laughs> the the party scenes they said were still so loud from the studio lot that they did end up getting calls from the Burbank Police Department on several occasions. Wow! Because they- that's such a cool tidbit. Yeah, and like yeah, and then most of the people on even extras were between the ages of eighteen and twenty two, and. Uh, and there were about yeah. like, and there are about like two hundred people on set, even though they tried to make it look like there's about a thousand people like at that party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, and they said most of the actors like filmed most of the stuff themselves because it's supposed to be like a found footage like party yeah. party movie. Um, but it made a lot of money. It only cost like nine million dollars to make. It made one hundred and two million dollars worldwide by the time it was done uh, in wow. theaters. Why do you think people like 
that kind of movie? Like, what do you think is the reasoning behind? Is it just well, because? Okay, think about we watched it with our friend Tara, and she was in high school or coming out of high school right when that movie happened. And she said that it became like a cult favorite in her high school where people tried to like one up that party where they wanted to, you know, like if you're in high school, it gives you this idea of like what college is supposed to be like or could be like. And, you know, you want to be a part of that. And it looks so fun until you're actually at a party like that. And you're like, this is terrible. (laughs) Like Everyone's throwing up everywhere. Everyone is like breaking stuff and fighting. And like, Mm -hmm. until you're actually there, it looks fun. There's definitely a bit of anxiety I get when you see them destroying the house. You're just like, oh my gosh, that is so terrible. Maybe it's because I was 30 when I watched it, but I was like, oh no. (laughs) But no, the thing that was... (laughs) My age is showing a little bit. The thing that was funny like, (laughs) <laughs> she's she's so uh jenny's so right because like i had people that would put on facebook they're like project x party and they would immediately get shut down by the cops they're yeah. like don't show up to these kind of things don't say it's a project x party like people were always just trying to to throw one that was like that and of course anytime something like that happened everyone was talking about it being like are you gonna go to the project x party and like all that kind of stuff yeah. so it does kind of bring a a sense of just like bringing everyone together to just have a wild yeah. time. Yeah, and I think it, it certainly was a thing. I just, I remember like people were trying to have those parties, and even people like my age at the time. And I was like, we are. I'm in my late twenties. I'm not. I can't throw. We're not throwing parties like that. Like I'm not trying to get kicked <laughs> out of anywhere. Like you know, but it, basically for the purpose of destruction. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I, but I get. I, mean, I, get, I think that, I mean. And G, like G and Owen, you know, my house every year, well, before Owen and I moved in, we always had, I lived in this big five bedroom house, three floors. And on Halloween, we would always throw these massive parties that were a little too similar to Project X mm-hmm. with things getting broken and destroyed. And it's all fun and games until you're the host of that and you have to clean, clean it up yeah. and you have to wake up in the morning and spend five hours scrubbing stale beer off your yeah. floor. Like <laughs> once you get older and you realize how much not fun it is to host that, like it looks fun. But it's not. And then throwing away unfinished no, beer. Like, there's always like unfinished beer. There's always like half, like, like someone just cracked Ooh. one. Of the fallen soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Someone cracked and, one. And you would think that it's only like one or two. No, the entire party is literally first like- floor. It's just half. <laughs> drinking beers yeah. and yeah. dips yeah. spit everywhere. So gross. I also think Project X did well because because it's supposed to be like a found footage kind of like uh, a real movie, and they didn't really ca- mm-hmm. and they didn't really cast like uh, known actors. Well known. It gives it, it gives it a sense that it feels real. And I think it kind of mm-hmm. it feels like you're kind of in this with them, that kind of thing. Um I, I can't think of. I don't know if there's like been a party movie like that before or since. Really, that was kind of told from that kind of like. Well, I mean, but I guess told from like it's a, it's supposed to be real kind of because that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a real thing. Um, but I think that's why it ended up being like so successful. And it's a great movie, and I, I feel like if it ever comes on or I see it, I'm like, I'm I'm down to watch that and just kind of have a good time and like just the scene when they um explode the gnome and everyone starts taking ecstasy <laughs> that, that's just so crazy and i also i also thought that movie gets it right that whole like anxiety you feel at the beginning of your party when no one's there because there's that whole scene of like yeah. Yeah. like no one's here no one's showing up and then all of a sudden before you know it's like, it, like 11 p.m <laughs> and then everyone shows and then up. everyone shows up they come, yeah. in they come in droves yep um but yeah I, I think that's a good one though i think like even though i was i was past the age of like 
truly enjoying parties like that, even though I still went to them. I can still appreciate. <laughs> I can still appreciate. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, it, there's so much energy from it. I think that's what I, I love about the mm-hmm. movie. But I also do agree with Jenny. I, I, I didn't really like just thinking about how like those two guys are so similar to Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. It does give off yeah. the whole like that super that super bad like kind of duo became like a kind of like a vibe to kind of copy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and even like their personalities, like their character arc, the storyline. I mean. It is loosely based on a real event, yeah. but how much of the real event was based on Superbad? <laughs> right, that's true. Right? Um, yeah. I think Superbad Superbad's more like a coming of age story, and yeah, this just feels more like focused the whole on big party and yeah. And I guess and that's true. The and there is a thing with the girl. There's a thing with the girl community. too. Like, yeah, it does have the same yeah. like elements. And then like one, the main guy is like the kind of neurotic like the one that's supposed to do everything right. And that's like Michael Sarah. And then like mm-hmm. his friend is yeah. basically like Jonah Hill, like the silly, like absurd one. So I, I get it. Trying to it's, mess with it up. I totally get the same thing. It's not as good as super bad. I would say that. I no, think super, I think not. super bad is better, but I think like the hook in project X is interesting where it's like, Oh, this is supposed to be like a real, it's supposed to be like a movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be something real. So I think that's where it kind of has yeah. one leg up. Um, yeah, definitely. Which other one? What's your favorite? I don't know if I, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite. I'm gonna bring this one up because I brought this up to you guys like in person, but only because I thought this movie is what like bars were gonna be like when I first went to bars. Yeah, and that's Coyote Ugly. It's not my favorite party movie, but mm-hmm. I got the impression that like when I turn 21, I'm gonna go to bars where like girls set the bar top on fire. They pour, <laughs> they they pour water all over themselves and dance in it. Like that's all. That's what I thought bars were going to be when I first yeah. saw that movie. And unrealistic expectations. Very unrealistic expectations. Instead we, instead, we end up at dive bars <laughs> yeah. where it's like the same twelve people. <laughs> it's not but no, I think that. that is so cool though because like when you don't have any precedent to go off of, and that's your only thought because obviously you're not going to be as a. 15 year old or whatever walking into bars and seeing what it's like so when you don't really have any base um to to go off of obviously you're gonna look at that and be like that's definitely what adults do when they're letting loose (laughs) that's definitely a place that people are gonna go go to to. vegas or new orleans it is like that but it's not like that everywhere right exactly and i was like if you ask for water they're gonna shoot you with a water gun like i i thought like everything (laughs) about that movie was like realistic and like um at the time when it came out, um, where Vista is now, where we're located, there was a place called Mermaid, and Mermaid actually had like a signing with all the girls from Coyote Ugly. So it was like Tyra Banks nice. and Piper Parabu. So we all went down there and got our poster signed because we thought we were going to see this like crazy aggressive movie about working at a bar, and the trailer mm-hmm. makes it look like a crazy aggressive movie about working at the bar, but the fucking mm-hmm. switch on that is it's about fifteen minutes of that. And then the rest of it is about this girl wanting to be a songwriter and like finding herself <laughs> while she's like, and she has to work. I mean, it's kind of like when we, were, when we were talking about the rom-com episode, they have to do something to get the guys to want to come too. So mm-hmm. that's like their, that's like their bait and switch on you. Like, here's the movie you think you're going to get. And here's the rom-com that you ended up, or not even rom-com, but like the, the movie that you end up getting. Right. Well, also too, it's like you can, you can show a scene like that with the bar, but 
it's not really a movie. Like that's mostly just a music video about people having fun. There's not really any story there. So right. you obviously have to add other things in there to drive the plot. And so um, as cool as that scene is, it really doesn't like that's all the trailer was, was just videos of that. And so you go into this yeah. movie trying to expect to see more, mostly that. And then it's definitely, a little yeah, they're, they're about, I think four scenes that take place at the bar. They're cut into the movie where it seems like they're in there more. Um, they are shot really well. It does look like a music video. I agree with that. They shoot them like they're shooting a music video. Um, and they definitely, that's how they definitely got people in on opening weekend, at least guys. Um, yeah. And like, I can appreciate the movie now as like an adult. Cause I'm like, all right, it's fine. It's, it's cute. And the bar stuff is fun. Um, the real coyote ugly, at least the one I went to in Vegas is not like that at all either. The girls that get on top of the bar, <laughs> the girls that get on top of the bar are not, they don't look like Tyra Banks. And, um, <laughs> like, what's well, beggars can't be choosers. Little, you don't get it both ways. Little dose of reality right there for you guys. But, you know, in the, in the movie, there's that whole scene at the bar where they have like the girls inside, like take off their bras and they put them on like the clothesline. They, the night that we were mm-hmm. in Vegas at, uh, at the New York, New York, where Kyle Ugly is, they were doing that that night. But the girls that were taking off the bras, again, did not look like Tyra Banks. <laughs> it was a. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that most women don't look like do Banks. not look like Tyra Banks. I know. Yeah. Yep. One in a million. I blame. I blame fucking Jerry. Jerry Bruckheimer produced that movie, and Jerry Bruckheimer is mostly known for like doing like like bad boys and like stuff like that. He's like an action guy, so I feel like he took all his like action stuff and tried to like make it work for this movie about girls working at a bar. And he was like, "All right, I will sell it on tits and ass." To get, yeah. to get guys to come and then like mm-hmm. and then the girls would be all surprised when they're like no this is like about my dream i want to be a songwriter and maybe i want to yeah i don't want to work in a bar for the rest of my <laughs> and, life and then while i'm trying to raise money i'll work at this cool place in new york like whatever mm-hmm. it's it's a major bait and switch though but i kind of agree with you about how like i think a movie can be made about working at a bar i mean because you have waiting which is like kind of like the whole restaurant uh industry mm-hmm. a little bit um, and then Tom Cruise did a movie called Cocktail, which isn't so much about working at a bar; it's just about him being a bartender. Yeah. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that, I think a good movie can be made about like that lifestyle. I mean, we see it all the time when we go out. I mean, like there, you could probably yeah. you could make you can make a movie about the people that work there and the people that frequent there. I, I mean, yeah. how many times have we said that Hermosa Beach needs its own reality show, like the bartenders, <laughs> mm-hmm. us? I mean. I could never be on that. I would not have a career if I allowed a reality TV crew to follow me around. I don't think most of us. But I mean, how many times have we said it just like, you know, because we live in a small beach town where you see the same people every week at the bar and the interactions and the drama. And I mean, I think it would make, I don't know, necessarily a movie, but a good reality show. Yeah, I can see that. Because, and then there would be people down there that were so willing to make a fool of themselves. Like, we could just spectate. We wouldn't even have to be on it. <laughs> we could just sit back and watch. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. Watch the chaos ensue. <laughs> All right. What, what's one of your uh, go-to party movies for you, Jenny? Okay. I'm going to switch from movie to TV show. Perfect. Um, I'm going to take it back, God, 12 or 13 years to the TV show Greek. Oh, I used to um, love Greek. Which, yeah. Okay. Me too. So, the TV show is loosely based off of where I went to school at Miami of Ohio. 
um, in our Greek life, in our Greek system. And I just remember being like a junior or senior in high school and watching the show and the parties that they had and like the Greek life socials and all the fun theme events and just like being like ticking the days off on my calendar until it was like my turn to go to school and my turn to like go and frequent like these have fun yeah these sorority and fraternity events and like I don't know I it's nostalgic like I've watched it back a few different times and it's interesting to look back at like what I thought of it before I was in Greek life and then when I was a little bit older and like removed from like my sorority and the fraternity life um, I think it does a pretty good job in terms of like the social scene and like explaining the importance of like which fraternities and sororities you socialize with. Right. Um, but I think it's really mostly realistic and it reminds me like very positively nostalgic of my college time. So it's, it's more. It takes it back. It's more like heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm like rest in my career and I'm like man I want to remember college times like I can go back and watch it over and over and over again yeah yeah and then there's the uh the flip side of like Blue Mountain State where it's just like unrealistically unrealistic (laughs) of what college is really like yeah um and being a football player and basically just having everything handed to you (laughs) basically (laughs) which also could be true I didn't I didn't play football in college so I don't know if that's uh realistic (laughs) I didn't go to a big football school so that was not the case for my college but I think it depends. Like if you're at one of the Big Ten schools or SEC, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, could be, could be like that. I, Clemson I th- and the ACC. I think shows like Greek too, because it was on like ABC Family, and that like they had to like rebrand their network because they were like, okay, we started as like this ABC Family kind of like, okay, we have like shows aimed at like teenagers, but they're not like anything bad but then they started bringing shows on like mm-hmm. greek and then like pretty little liars and like then it became mm-hmm. like, okay this network can't really be called abc family because we're like kind of towing the line of like what's we're not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like free form or something free-form. or free flow free form i pre- free-form. I prefer free flow though that sounds better <laughs> yeah. free flow. uh but yeah uh but yeah i remember that, that about greek i was like well it feels like it shouldn't be on this network but i guess it works it felt like it was a little yeah. too like like the audience that they were trying to like gear it to. It was like, well, they're not gonna get this. Like, no one like ABC mm-hmm. Family. Well, but I think that brings up a good point, though. Maybe why I feel like it does on like Blue Mountain State mm-hmm. or Project X. I do think it is a positive and accurate depiction of like Greek life because it was on that network. They couldn't be having like people dropping X and like going. Yeah. But while, you know, like it is like I would guess and I can't speak for everywhere, but most college parties or adult parties, it's nothing like these big, crazy movies that you two talked about. It's a lot more tame. And because it was on that network, it had to be more tame, which made it more realistic. So I don't feel like it oversold my expectations of being in a sorority or like my social life and what it would look like in college. I think it was a pretty fair and accurate depiction of that which I think I like. I don't like movies where I feel like if I'm not experiencing this, then I'm missing out. Like right, I have right. such FOMO yeah. that like, if <laughs> like, you know, like I watch Project X and I'm like, well, why am I not invited to movies like that? Like, am I not cool <laughs> enough? Like what's wrong with my social life? So I always opt for more realistic stuff because I get FOMO off stuff that like isn't even real. I do like the idea that I you saw it cool. for the first time at 30. I w- like, I'm sorry, going back to like, you mentioning that you saw Project X <laughs> at 30. I mean, I was 27, but like, 
you know, I guess the perception of what that movie is is way different when you're like 30 years old. Com- way different. Yeah. <laughs> compared to like, like we we were with like our two friends and Owen, and they'd all seen it, and they were just like laughing, and I was like, I don't know that I find that funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and maybe I just have. I, mean, I know we have different senses of humor, but like because they had grown up watching it. Mm-hmm. And had seen it so many times, it was funny. Whereas for me, I'm looking at it from like this older lens, and I'm like, "That's not funny." No, did it make yeah. you? Did, did it make you want? It doesn't to party, look fun, you know? and it doesn't look enjoyable. Okay, you just answered me. Okay, I was like, "Did it make you want to party?" Or you like, "No, it didn't look fun." No, <laughs> I mean, I looked at that and I was like, "That is exactly the kind of party that I never want to be yeah. at." Like I. Yeah, I don't know. It made me feel old. I'll say if that's what you're asking me. Like, I'm like, is this who I am? Is this like where I'm at in my 30s? Where you're like, this is that I think like they're all laughing and they're like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like, "Mm, that looks horrible. That looks like the kind of party I would like go to the corner and be like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and sneakily like run to the corner and like call my Uber and like Irish (laughs) goodbye. Where'd she go? Just texted that you're at home. Yep. Yeah, it, yep. it's a little. Yeah, that's just a straight up no for me. It's a, it's a little too chaotic, I would say. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I wanted to pull someone. Someone sent a message. They were like, "Hey, uh, can you mention Days and Confuse?" Which I guess. Okay. So, when, so when I think about Days and Confuse, I guess I don't think about pardon. I think more about getting high. But I guess it does. Yeah, but I guess it does. But I guess it does. Kind of, I mean, you can go either way though. Um, but, I mean, we do have 420 coming up in a month. We can always do a stoner movie. Episode. Right. I think that one would be a highlight of like that that episode too. But I guess it does give you that kind of sense of feeling of like it reminds you of what it's like to kind of be in that environment a little bit. Like because there was mm-hmm. someone else yeah. mentioned like American Pie, which I guess is not really like a party movie, but there are things about it that uh, kind of evoke that a little bit. I would say. Okay, if we're going to bring up American Pie, then I'm going to put that in the same category and same character arc and plot line as Project X and Superbad. Like kids throwing a party, trying to lose their virginity, wanting to be, trying to get laid, wanting to be cool. And their way of doing that is by throwing a big party or having these big parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, American Pie brings in like the other elements because it's not just about this one night or this one party. But there's a lot of like correlation there too. Yeah, uh, American Pie uh, taught me that you have to watch your cups at parties because once you leave, oh, yeah. <laughs> once, you, once, you leave once you leave them unattended, uh, you might get some stuff in it. Like our boy, Ugh. our boy. That makes me want to have a sip of my beer. Our boy, so. our boy Stifler got some nastiness in his. Uh, in his cup in the first Oh, he deserved it. He was such a douche. The movie, was and funny, in though. the second movie, he gets like peed on like from over the balcony. And he yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that going on too. That's his like karmic rep Justice. like repayment. Yeah. 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 But I do think bringing up American Pie, I do think it's funny. And I I always forget her name. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom. Yes. It's kind of funny because that movie cemented her in time as Stifler's mom. Like I have seen her in other movies like a Cinderella story with um, Hilary Duff and Jack Michael Murray. And, like, every single Stifler's time mom. I see her, yeah. Like she will never, ever, ever be anything but Stifler's mom. Yeah, I can only see that. Oh, someone said Please bring up Beer Fest. So you, someone, I've only seen Beer Fest once. Yeah, I was going to bring up Beer Fest. Yeah. So um, I, it's such a different sort of like that hu- whole humor, like with Jay Trenja, Chandra Shakar, I think his last name is, like his whole style of comedy is super slapstick. And um, like, I think there's a lot of really good moments in it, but um, 
what I did like about Beer Fest and kind of from a lot of these other movies too is how just like something like the DOS boot can become a staple in regular life. Like yeah. just something like yeah. that. And um, a lot of these like sort of drinking uh, tropes and things that have become popular have started from a movie. And so like mm-hmm. Beer Fest is definitely, I don't really like the act. There's one actor who was in Super Troopers as well. Um, and gosh, he's, can't remember his name. I can't right remember. Now. I can't remember Sorry, his name. But he, there's like one character. There's like one actor. I think it's like Eric Stoltz or something. No. You missed my funny joke. No. <laughs> you went right by it. I said you can't remember his name right now. Right now. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, I'm a pl- um, Come on, tell me I'm funny. That was good. I'm gonna pull up the cast list. Um, <laughs> let's see who's. But it's not. Um, not the guy from Full Metal Jacket. It's not Jay. It's not. Um, I think his name's Eric something. Uh, there's oh, it's Eric Stol- is Stolhansky. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah. And there's oh, yeah, and, I just don't. And there's Eric Christian Olsen as well. I don't. There's a lot of people in this movie. And we'll, yeah, and we'll. But Fete. um, that's just one actor from Super Troopers and Beer Fest that I've never personally enjoyed. So some, and he's like one of the main characters in that movie. So I have sometimes a hard time enjoying those scenes. But I just love the like. USA versus Germany who always wins and just like them training. And it, it is kind of sad because it really just glorifies getting wasted. Yeah. Um, and uh, like that's not necessarily like, I don't even think that beer fest is a real thing. Like Oktoberfest is a thing, but it's mostly about like enjoying Germany. I think it is right. rather than like just getting blacked out. Um, so that's the one thing that I was going to bring up about these movies is that they're so great, but even something like project X just kind of really glorifies the getting wasted, drunk, uh, getting high on a bunch mm-hmm. of different types of drugs. And like, I think that for certain kids, like that could be kind of dangerous for, especially if you're aiming that towards teenagers. Yeah. I would say yeah. when project X and all that came out, not that the drug usage has ever been okay, but it was a different landscape. Like now with yeah. like, I mean, not to bring this serious, but now with like fentanyl and everything that's out there, like that is a really dangerous slippery slope because they might want to emulate that by cheap crappy shit and they can go south real quick, you yeah. know? But I, and I, I would say the movies now aren't glorifying it. Mm-hmm. Not as much. But back in the day. Yeah. It, I feel like the, not, yeah. the late nineties, two thousands, like, all the ones that were geared towards us, like when I was growing up and in high school, like it kind of like, because I wasn't going to parties like that yet when those movies were out. Mm-hmm. And, and like, so, but there was like this sense of like, okay, these are teen movies. They're aimed at teenagers. And they're like, I, I was always questioning like, where the fuck are they getting alcohol? Where are they getting all this stuff? I, you know, I didn't know at the time, like mm-hmm. how you get your hands on stuff like that. Uh, but they also, see, it's, it's so easy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like indicative of the time too. Like back in the 90s, early 2000s, like cocaine and heroin chic was like what they called the models. Like you had to look like you didn't eat for a day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so like it's telling of the time when that was like what people wanted to do and be. And I would say that it's not that case now. Also, a lot of the thing too of like – um I don't have a chance with this girl, but if we both get drunk together, then there's oh, a t- then that's such a there, slippery That's like narrative. my best chance to get with her. I mean, and Superbad kind of does it too, but it goes away from that because yeah. 
Jonah Hill's character is saying, oh, you would never get with me if you weren't drunk. She's like, well, I do like you. Like that's right. And then it kind of goes away from that. So I think that's a good interpretation. Mm -hmm. But things like American Pie for sure have basically like, all right, um, as long as we have alcohol, then there's a good chance then that she'll I, be down. Yeah, then I mean, she'll be down and, and maybe I'll get laid. And can't hardly wait. Like Seth Green is so desperate to have sex that like he comes across that Asian girl who's like crying about her boyfriend breaking up with her. And his thing is like, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that like she is upset, vulnerable, and drunk. And it's played for com- yeah. it's played for comedy. I mean, it, it is funny in the moment, but when you like kind of take a step back and think about it, like, yeah, that's what they were selling to us when we were like 13, 14 years old. I mean, I'll throw knocked up in there too with um with uh um, with Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl. Like yeah. she has to rip all those shots to even consider giving him a chance. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean that one the narrative is a little bit different. There's because, consequences for your actions. Well, there's the consequence <laughs> and she she's not the one playing her with alcohol. She's the one that's like, I want a shot, no, I, I want shot. another shot. Like yeah. And he's she, just kind of going along for the ride. Right. And she's the one that drives it, which is interesting because she said that movie was so misogynistic, which when you think about it, she After made, she got paid. Right. But she made her choices <laughs> in the movie, her character. After she got paid, after it made a bunch of money opening weekend, that's when she decided to say, like, it's so misogynistic. Like, I don't know. I, but like... Can't stand. I mean, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But I mean, she was the one that was like, I'm going to just rip shots until I'm drunk enough to fuck him. Yeah. And then she was the one that like wanted to decide to keep it, which is fine. But like she, her character had the choice and was in the driver's seat the whole way. It was her choice. So I don't, I don't agree with her. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> but I mean, that's just another example though, of like using alcohol to either convince someone to hook up with you or to get yourself drunk enough to do something you wouldn't want to do sober, mm-hmm. exactly. which is a very slippery narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we see it in real life too, don't we? I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, it's a really tough thing that certain movies do try to sell, and they do sell it for jokes a lot of times. And like, mm-hmm. and like when we're yeah. and when we're watching it in the moment, we don't think about like how like bad it looks. Um, but I mean, that's the thing about this podcast. watching it. Yeah, the thing about this podcast is like not just this episode, but other episodes we've done where we've talked about like stuff that's older. And, and, like we talked about mm-hmm. like you know we talked about buffy last week and a few other things where it's like oh this shit does it translates much differently now compared to when mm-hmm. it came out like in the 90s and 2000 like it's just a much different time well, and you guys talked about it i think in another episode like with euphoria and just like the dark matter and like the question becomes whose responsibility is it is it the movie creator's responsibility to mold and impress like and give kids these impressions or is it on the viewer to understand that movie is based it's not real in, life yeah and... it's based in fiction yeah but like who's responsible like is it the movie's job to not make these kids want to party and drink and like misuse right. alcohol and potentially right. you know get themselves in a sticky situation or is it on the viewer to understand that what they're seeing is not necessarily a depiction of reality right. and can speaking yeah, yeah i guess i'll go back yeah go ahead kind of going back on what I said then because like I was the one for euphoria saying like you shouldn't change it their job is they're telling a story and if you aren't okay with the content then you shouldn't be putting yourself in that situation to watch it Mm -hmm. so I guess I'll even kind of go back on my own statement and say like it's not really the job of the movie to tell people to drink responsibly uh, responsibly Mm -hmm. but um sometimes like it's I think I think beer fest is different because that is the movie is literally just about Drinking. drinking. <laughs> That's yeah. the only thing about it. So, um, like, it is just like a raunchy 
like late night comedy. Yeah. So if you don't, and it's rated R. So if you um mm-hmm. can't, uh, if you're gonna let your kids watch it and glorify it, then That's it's on, on you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these movies weren't kept away from me when I was a teenager. I mean, like something like Can't Hardly Wait, I saw on my own when I was a teenager. Like American Pie, I saw on my own with friends as a teenager. Like, I mean, were these movies kept? Like any of these movies that kind of came out when you were like teenagers, were they kept away from you, or were you easily accessible to you? Where you're like. I mean, they were sold to us. Like, they were sold to, like, that demographic. Uh, they were definitely kept away from me. Yeah, I definitely had a um, little bit of a stricter upbringing, and, like, I couldn't watch whatever I wanted to watch, which um, now I think is good. I mean, looking back on it, I think that there were some things that I wasn't allowed to watch, and I probably wasn't ready for it at the time. Mm-hmm. So, no. like, that was my parents' job of making sure that I wasn't doing anything uh, or watching anything that um, was like inappropriate for me at the time, mm-hmm. but because uh, I didn't see American Pie until I was in like late high school. Oh wow! Um, and yeah, I wasn't, and like I, I felt like I was like uh, missing I was, like, out oh, on a well, joke. Well, not even. I kind of felt like I was missing out on a joke, but also when I finally watched it, I was like, I don't think I should be watching this. <laughs> like, kind of like it was one of those kind of things. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely different now, obviously, where I can just watch whatever I want. But. Yeah. And see, I'm the third of four kids, and my older sister is, how old is she, two years older than me. My older brother is a year older than me. And so when we were younger and we were all kind of at the age where it was inappropriate, it was definitely gatekept. But then once, like, Brittany and Matt, my sister and brother, started getting older it was kind of like once it was fine for the oldest it was fine yeah. for the rest because you just got the benefits of it as the yeah it, they were like okay well if she's why and if they're watching this kind of stuff we're not going to keep it and we're all so close in age right, right. like she's only a year, a year he's a year and she's two years older than me so at that point they're like well she's going to hear about it and see it anyway right. so my my ability to watch those kind of movies got easier like yeah. once i got to high school it's kind of like we can't, you can, you we can't, can't really stop keep it you. from you. Yeah. And I want to, I want to say I wasn't easily influenced by these movies because of course I knew white, like right from wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I would see something like a can't hardly wait and be like, I want to go to that, like end of the year, like high school party. That looks fun. And like, yeah, yeah. and I would see stuff like, like even talking about like project X, like, I mean, like I would want that. That seems like it'd be a good time. I want to do that. Like there was a lot of stuff yeah. that like, you know, of course I knew like I couldn't get, into that kind of and those kind of shenanigans without consequences but like you did see those mm-hmm. movies and they're like that looks fun that looks like something i, I would want like, to do that i would like to do that that looks like a lot of fun or even like something seeing something like coyote ugly when you're i'm a junior in high school i'm like bars look fun like w- i can't wait to go to a bar if that's what they're going to be like you mm-hmm. know like that was yeah. that's the kind of impression i got like watching a lot of this stuff like i can't wait to like rip shots of the bar like if it's gonna be, it's gonna be just like. <laughs> and that. now it's an every weekend occurrence for us, right? Yeah, now it's an every every weekend occurrence, and doesn't and girls still don't dance in the bar top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think kind of going going to um like with current times now, um there really hasn't been like a big party movie that's come out mm-hmm. very recently at all, nope. and I wonder if that's because. There's a lot of red tape you have to get through in order to make something like or that. Or like even like the Me Too movement and the focus on that. You have to make sure that it's not too misogynistic. It's not too yeah. overtly sexual. It's not too rapey with like get her drunk and sleep with her. And that while none of that is like per se okay and should be in a movie, it does take away from a lot of 
the plot lines of the movies that we saw in the past right. mm-hmm. in this genre. So, so I don't even know if it would make money now. Yeah, I think the string of them that were successful, even after the ones we've talked about, like the, the ones that were geared towards us as teenagers, but then you had, as we got older, you had stuff like The Hangover, which did make a mm-hmm. did make a lot of money, and they are they were successful. Yeah, and right. like, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would consider at least the first one like one of the better like kind of like party it's type movies, classic movie, yeah, of all time. Yeah. Everybody can quote the Hangover, and, and like, but you know, the sequels, another story. They're not really that good. Um, I think I think like something like Cheap. I think Neighbors got the college vibe a little right too. That movie was okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Neighbors yeah, was good. Zach Efron. Zac Efron. The sequel, not so much, but like. At least the first one. I think a lot of the problem is that like these comedies don't make a lot of money anymore. Like they're not for mm-hmm. what for whatever reason they're not as successful. Um, unless they try. Neighbors to, was definitely successful. That was that was the first. The first one was the sequel wasn't. But like, but that's also just Seth, uh, the magic of Seth Rogen. Like he has such a following that he makes he makes a lot of really good movies. So I mean, in my mind, Seth Rogen falls in the drinking and stoner movie. Like, what movies do I want to watch when I'm drinking and I want to have fun? And what movies do I want to watch right. when I take an edible and it's time for that? Right. And I'm going to say this a lot. I'm going to say a lot of this with allegedly because this is just like Hollywood, uh, like secret talk mm-hmm. allegedly. But when Zac Efron was making Neighbors. Allegedly, he got into character a lot. Allegedly, which is when a lot of his problems mm-hmm. kind of started uh, when he was getting into trouble, like a little bit. I think I told you that story. Allegedly, that that story. <laughs> allegedly, when he got busted on Skid Row by a cop, and he was, they were like, what, they were like, "What are you doing over here?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm looking for a sushi restaurant." Because he was like, "Like, like what?" Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> not on Skid Row, sir. Not on Skid Row. Um, well, I mean, and allegedly he was here in Hermosa Beach where we live at, well after his rehab, ripping shots in the corner, allegedly. allegedly. I'm not saying I saw him do it or anything. Please don't sue me, Zach Efron. Um, but, you know, I saw someone that looked like him while he was living here, allegedly doing that in the corner. So, yeah, there's that, too. I mean, I, you know, my thing was, <laughs> my thing is about neighbors is that like he's actually very funny in it. Like he's a he's yeah pretty great, but like you know, I, I guess it's not hard for him to kind of play like a good looking like frat like boy. Um, that's the, I feel role, like the role was built. For I was gonna say, I don't feel like he's acting at all. I think that's just him. And I think he just kind of tried to dial it up by ten by allegedly like partying a little bit more outside of filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was, he was method acting. Method acting. Yeah. He was pulling the Jared Leto on us. That's what he was doing. Uh, before we close out, I do want to mention, because we didn't mention, we said that there's no like St. Patrick's Day that we could think of movies. Uh, the only thing I could think of, is there's an episode of The Simpsons when The Simpsons was still funny. It's uh, in season eight, and it's when uh, it's called Homer uh, versus the 18th Amendment. And they actually ban alcohol in Springfield after Bart accidentally gets drunk at the St. Patrick's Day uh, Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, nice, and it's a really funny episode. And when like the the all the moms come to like the the mayor's like house and demand that he ban alcohol, and they're like, "Well, why won't you prohibition?" Yeah, baby. They're like, "Well, why won't you ban it?" And he says, "You can't seriously want me to ban alcohol. It tastes great, makes women appear more attractive, and makes a person virtually invulnerable to criticism." So that was, that was the reason <laughs> why he did not want alcohol banned uh, in Springfield. Oh my god! It's one of the like early. It's, it's like the early like Golden Age of Simpsons when that was still kind of uh, yeah. F- yeah 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 funny. Um, but yeah, like Bart gets majorly drunk. He like is just dancing in the middle of the street, and then like they shoot off this like cannon of beer, and he catches it all in his mouth, and then like passes <laughs> and then like passes out drunk in the middle of the street, 
And then that's when they realize they have yep. to ban alcohol. But then Homer starts making his own beer in the basement. So, of, 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 of course, Homer. Has <laughs> that's such a great episode. Indicative of Prohibition. That was probably when Conan was writing for him. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because it's early. It's early Simpsons. So uh, that's when it was still good before it was on too long. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Well, the history teacher me loves the title of it. The 18th Amendment <laughs> is Prohibition. <laughs> so yeah. I, I appreciate the accuracy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but yeah, maybe help a student out on AP Gov for knowing that yeah. amendment. Yeah, we just got someone a test score, you know, uh, test quiz. One day, yeah, you know, one day, I think you know what? we will make our own St. Patrick's Day movie and <laughs> yes. make it happen. And it'll take place in the bar. We're just gonna like knock off a bunch of checks at once. It's gonna take place at a bar yep. and be about our friends and take place on St. Patrick's Day. And then we'll be like, here, yep. here's, I mean, I think, uh, here's your movie. <laughs> We should have recorded Saturday, and I think that would have checked all of the boxes of our weekend. As you guys, I won't go into detail, but there it was just a lot going on, and I that always happens when like someone's like, "Let's do Irish car bombs." I'm like, "Yeah, it sounds good in the moment," and then and then four Irish car bombs later, you're like, "Why did we say yes?" I'm going to admit this because I'm not embarrassed. I actually bought pizza from this place called uh, Paisanos. That's like right by the bars where we live. And I was so hungry before I went to go meet up with Owen here and Kayla. And I was just trying to, and I was trying to eat before like the Uber situation happened. And I drunk stumbled, mm-hmm. drunk stumbled, spilt the whole box and then got some of it. Oh, I would have eaten it anyway. And I almost, put, I think I would have picked it up I and eaten almost it. almost did. And this girl came behind me and she was like, don't do that. And I was like, ah, and then I just jumped in the car. Oh, I wouldn't have been guilted out of it. I would have been like, it's near the pizza right now. Wow. Have you, ever, you have ever been like that hungry when you're like, ah, I need to eat this right now? And it just like full yep. on like fell on the ground. I was, well, and oh, also, so if, if we would have recorded this past week, it would have been like all of us on very individual, separate journeys, like, like weave in and out of it. would have been like a Valentine's Day or He's Not That Into You, where there's like Every eight story, different subplots yeah. all weave into one. Yeah. Yep. And you're trying to figure out the connection yeah. to each. Line. And then they all of a sudden they can mm. pull fiction. That would have been I that was our movie. We should have just like taken out our phones and just recorded it. Everything. Perfect. You uh, guys should uh for all the local like everyone who's in LA, you guys should have everyone come meet you out like on so a cool. like on a Saturday, like a back to the blockbuster meeting. Uh, yeah. uh I there is From your own movie. There is a there's one uh actor actually. He's not like a big actor, but he is he's Instagram verified, so he's in he's been in stuff. He actually found um or back to the blog, but found that first before he found the G reels page. And like, it's been messaging me about like collaborating on ideas and stuff. So I think that's really cool to kind of like, uh, well, I'm sure he's really going to want to hop on once you said he's not that big of an actor. Oh, we already t- yeah, great, yeah. <laughs> great plug, Gary. Great, great plug for him. I'm sure he's really invested now. It was his words, not mine. But he was verified for what it counts for. <laughs> he is verified. They were his words. We already talked about it. It's cool. Um, oh <laughs> uh, yeah this is the most uh hermosa beach episode we've ever we ever talked about hermosa beach yeah uh yeah. I'm here. yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to like uh do some tagging and some stuff with uh some of their pages. Yeah. um and uh everyone out there everyone who's listening psa please drink responsibly guys <laughs> please enjoy um a Libations. beverage yeah have some water <laughs> Maybe crack open a Heineken Double Zero, <laughs> non alcoholic beer. On your floor, yeah. And like, I don't know, yeah. St. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick's Day is on a Thursday, guys. So it's a uh, it's a weekday. It's still a school night. So don't go, don't go too crazy. Maybe just watch Project X at home. 
Yeah, watch Project <laughs> X. Or pretend you're there. Coyote. Maybe wish you're not. Yep. Drink um, a Guinness and call it a day. I, I'm still on the fence about that day, so like, um, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I feel like I got it all out on Saturday. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, we're going to be responsible, but we encourage you guys to have as much fun as you want on St. Patrick's Day this year. Exactly, but guys. Maybe, Everyone out there, have fun. But maybe spend it with a movie. Um, I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to uh, bring up what we're doing next week. I believe um, Owen will finally get to do his uh, deep dive for No Country for yes. Old Men. Um, no Country for Old Men. We're going to be diving into that. One of my favorite movies. I'm really excited to um, really like it. Just like what it says, dive deep into it. So can't wait. Yeah, it'll be good because um, nothing else is really opening right now. It's still just the Batman uh, until that Sandra Bullock movie comes out uh, at the end of the month, which uh, premiered at South by Southwest and already has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know it's going to drop from there, but um, mm. they say that uh, her and Shining Tatum are actually very good at it together. So I'm I'm actually seeing that awesome. early, like within the week. So hopefully I can report back that it is that good. The, uh, we'll get a good look at Daniel Radcliffe and see if he's, he'll be a good weird owl. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then uh, other than that, uh, no, I can't think of anything else. We Oh, we have a pod raid uh, this week. Uh, on Twitter, they actually like uh, get a list of all of the podcasts that are in this Twitter group. And I joined when we first uh, kind of opened our podcast. And we, mm-hmm. we finally are up on the pod raid. So the pod raid basically is everyone in the group and there's like a hundred to like 120 people in the group, different pages. They all basically go to Apple podcasts. They go to good pods HQ. They go to Spotify. They basically raid all your stuff and rate it and review it and subscribe if they already aren't subscribing. And then they share your page with their friends. So it, it basically gives you like a huge signal boost for uh, the day. So it should be a pretty good week for us. Will this episode be out by then or is that happening so, after so, we drop? So the pod rate has actually lasts all week. So it's not just, mm. it's, cool. so it's not just gonna it, it used to be one day, but then they realize that everyone can't get to uh, the page in like one day. So they will do it yeah. for the whole week. So it's all spread out um, and I'm glad that we're up. So it'll be good. It'll be it's gonna be yeah. a good week for us. That's I think. gonna be great. Great to see. Rate these two cuties well. How could you not love them? Uh, Look yeah. at their faces. <laughs> Yay. Um all right, Owen, you can uh sign us out. Yeah, guys, as always, thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us wherever you want to listen to a podcast. Apple, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts. Um, we're gonna be up on YouTube again. We've been trying out a few uh, different streaming services. So I think our, uh, we're going to find the right one. And, um, we've, uh, this one's been great so far. So our, I think our sound quality is going up and everything just continues to get better. Um, we have pretty much an episode lined up every single week until like July. So we got a lot of stuff that we have planned, uh, and we're going to start talking about. So keep tuning in and, um, just everyone enjoy, uh, have a great St. Patrick's day. I know, we um, <laughs> might crack open a Guinness and uh, enjoy it as well. So uh, just out there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it, guys. Peace. Cheers. Later, guys.